On this episode of Nonstop BS, we dive into the NFC East and go over each team's situation heading into the draft on Thursday. And then to finish off the episode, I have some best bets for the NFL draft for the NFC East. And I have quite a bit of them, so make sure you stick around for those. Are you sick and tired of listening to the legacy media speak repetitively on the same teams, topics, ideas, themes, and players every day? Nonstop BS is a podcast that will give you topics and thoughts about the NFL, NBA, college sports, NASCAR, and others with a deeper vision into why things happen the way they do around the world of sports. There are so many lazy takes from all your favorite media personalities that frustrate you and me every day when we turn on our television or phone. Whether it has to do with politics and sports, promoting big brands, and ridding topics of context just to sway the listener's opinion. I, for one, am sick and tired of this type of sports media and that's why I'm bringing you Nonstop BS. Nonstop BS will dig deep into the why things happen in our favorite sports leagues, creating interesting conversation along with making me and you a smarter, more insightful, broad-thinking sports fan. Not to mention, I will give you betting picks for multiple leagues using our new way of thinking about the world of sports and having a little bit of fun with it, along with maybe putting some money in our wallets. So if this sounds like something you've been craving when tirelessly listening to people shout at you, about how wrong you are from all of your favorite sports media outlets, then make sure you tune in with me, Cole Lynchide, and take the journey of these fantastic seasons we are gifted to enjoy for entertainment with me on Nonstop BS. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Nonstop BS for another episode here on the NFC heading into the draft, previewing the NFC East. My name is Cole Lynchide. I'm your host. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at, uh, at my goodness, Lynchide underscore Cole. Um, you can follow the show at Nonstop BS Pod. And then you can also follow me and follow my bets on the action app at Cole underscore Lynchide. Um, okay, today on the show, like I said, we're just going to kind of dive in. If you guys just got done listening to the NFC um, West episode, you probably uh, know the deal here, and we're just finishing up the NFC as fast as we can. So I'm going to dive right into the NFC East, um, and yeah, we're just going to get started. Okay, we're going to start out with America's team. <laughs> God, I hate that name. Uh, we're going to start out with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so the Cowboys heading into the draft uh, and heading into the season, um, you know, the offense overall, not too bad. Offensive line, they bring back now Tyrone Smith. He's going to be healthy this season. They have Tyler Smith, who played really good for them, their first-round pick last year. And then Terrence Steele, who's played good for the last couple of seasons and filled in at right tackle. Uh, Tyler Smith's going to uh, slide to guard where he's played some as well already for the Cowboys. They still have Zach Martin. Um, but Tyler Biad is, I think, at center. That That's probably the position on the offensive line that they're going to be looking to replace. He's in the last year of his rookie contract. And he's struggled quite a bit over the last few seasons um, since taking the starting role. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think that that's a position they'll probably try to identify a center and or maybe a, a couple of them in rounds two or three um, and, and probably their weakest position on, on their offensive line and maybe on their whole offense, honestly, on paper. Um, again, the Cowboys have a first-round pick, a second-round pick, and a third-round pick. That is the 26th overall, the 58th overall, and the 90th overall. Um, another, another need on offense, which is an obvious one, 
they lose Dalton Schultz um, in free agency, and it's a massive loss for them. They have Jake Ferguson, who they drafted in the fourth round last year, um, who played you know played pretty well when he played last year. They have Peyton Hendershot, who also you know got some time on the field last year. Um, but but they need another tight end. I mean, Dalton Schultz played such a key role in this offense. Um, they've struggled with health at the wide receiver position over the last few years, with Michael Gallup being hurt quite a bit. Um, Jalen Tolbert last year really never stepping up. They bring in Brandon Cooks, who's another guy um, that they, you know they traded for him with the Houston Texans. He's another guy who gets hurt quite a bit. So you know, CD Lamb, fantastic player, took a mas- massive step up last year um, and really turned into a, a, a real wide receiver one for this team. Um, but but Don Schultz was there over the last two seasons was their key weapon when they got down to the red zone. I, I think that that's going to be tough to replace, but, I, but there's a lot of really good tight ends again in this draft. So, you know, if they can identify one with their second round pick, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think, you know, finding a tight end in this draft um, is something the Cowboys are going to probably, um, you know, be trying to do, be trying to be trying to figure out. I think that's that definitely going to be one of their top three picks is going to be a tight end at some point. Um, this is a team that, you know, even if you go back in their history, they've always had really good tight ends. They've always used the tight end position in the passing game quite a bit, more than most teams in the NFL. So, um, you know, definitely a position they're going to be looking to address. Quarterback, running back, you know, there's been a ton of rumors <clears throat> that the Cowboys are going to be looking at one of these top running backs in the draft, whether it's Bijan Robinson, um, you know, or the Alabama kid, Jameer Gibbs. I... <laughs> Tony Tony Pollard's it, dude. Like he, I mean, Tony Pollard is the real deal. I think he's a bell cow. I think that he's that good. I don't think he plays like a certain role in this offense, and he's only going to be good as that. I think he is a legit bell cow running back who could easily this year turn into a top five running back in the NFL. I think he's that good. Um, so I don't see that being a major need. Malik Davis also played pretty well last year um, when he came in for injuries for Pollard and Zeke. So. I don't think it's a position they need to spend a lot at. I don't whether that's draft picks or money or whatever. Um, I just I think that they um, are, are pretty pretty good with Tony Pollard, and Malik Davis. You know, bringing somebody in later in later rounds could make some sense. Obviously, and I, I never think it's a bad idea to draft a running back in the sixth seventh round. Seems like you hit on that more than mostly other positions that late in the draft. So you know that can make some sense, but. I just don't see them investing a, one of these higher draft picks in a running back. They they have a fantastic running back, um, so I disagree there um, with with kind of the consensus of what you've been hearing. Okay, when we move over to the defensive side of the ball, they had some key losses this year in free agency um, and, and just in general. But I think I think they have more depth than people. Um, are really giving them credit for on the defensive side of the football. You know, when you look on the on the um, defensive line, you know, they still have Demarcus Lawrence. Um, Osa, you know, impossible to pronounce his name, but third-round pick in 2021, Adig Huza. I know Cowboys fans are probably killing me right now, um, but he's been fantastic for them. Um, Sam Williams, the guy they drafted in the second round last year, played pretty well when he um, was on the field. And then they obviously have Micah Parsons, who adds to that pass rush. So Neville Gallimore, he's a guy who struggled quite a bit. But like I said, I just named four other guys who are pass rushers who all played fairly well for them last year. Nose tackle is probably the only position where they struggle on the defensive line. And really, honestly, in the front seven. 
Um, so I, I think that's a position that while they have some guys who are going to compete for that for that position, Jonathan Hankins, the guy who's played quite a bit for them there, um, but he's struggled a lot. And then Quentin Bohano, who they um, drafted in the sixth round in 2021, they're going to compete at this point. But you know, if they're able to get one of these one of these top five defensive tackles in the draft, that's that's I think where the offense where the first round pick is most likely going to go, or one of the most likely positions that it would go. Linebacker position, Leighton Van Der Esch comes back um, and played really well for them last year. Had a took kind of a rebound season last year. Damon Clark, a fifth-round pick last year. Um, and then Devin Harper going to compete for the other linebacker spot, the the Will. Um, I, I don't think that's something that they'll invest high uh, draft picks in. And then they trade for Stefan Gilmore um, from the Colts, and that is a huge addition to the secondary. He'll go alongside Trayvon Diggs and, Jordan, and go along with Jordan Lewis. I, I think it gives him one of the best secondaries in the NFL when you talk about their safety depth with Donovan Wilson, Malik Hooker, both really good seasons last year. Jaron Curse, another guy who they use as kind of a nickel safety combo and a really, really good player. I think the Cowboys secondary is one of the most uh, probably underrated, honestly, as crazy as that sounds in the whole NFL. So secondary, not a major issue, um, and I don't see them going with an early uh, pick in the secondary. Okay, let's move on to probably the deepest team in the whole NFL, and that is, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles. So, the Eagles heading into this draft, um, <laughs> need is a relative word for this team. There is really not a need, when like really a need on this whole roster. Uh, starting off, you know, on the offense with skill positions. Running back, maybe. I mean... Kenneth Gainwell, I think, is a really good player that they drafted in the fifth round last year, or in 2021, um, but he really shined last year. Um, he had games where he had 15 you know, fifteen to 20 carries, a couple games, and he played really, really well. And honestly, who couldn't behind this offensive line? I mean, they're so freaking deep along this whole offense that the running back position, it's pretty much plug and play. Um, they bring in Rashad Penny. Another guy who I think if he stays healthy, my goodness, he could pop this year with this offensive line and this team. Um, you know, offensive line, Jalen Hurts running ability. This offense creates such an easy position <laughs> to play running. And I hate to say that, but it's just, it's so true. You watch the team and you know it. Any running back that comes in here is going to be way better than they would be in almost any situation because of the offensive line combined with Jalen Hurts running ability um, as a distraction. It just opens up so many holes for these guys. So I don't see running back as being a major need, but at the same time, if they can get a B. John Robinson, as has been rumored, um, or, or one of these free agents that they could bring in on the cheap, you know, like Derrick Henry, who's been rumored there as well recently, I think all that makes a lot of sense, but I don't think I would call it a massive need. I think Kenneth Gainwell and Rashad Penny gives them a pretty good one-two punch, um, especially with the rest of the offense. rest of that offense is, you know, Jalen Hurts, Dallas Goddard, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, they bring in Olamide Zacchaeus from the Falcons. I think that is a really underrated um, signing for them. Quez Watkins played pretty good last year, but he struggled, honestly, in big moments as well as that kind of slot, you know, third receiver for this team. Um, so I, I, Olamide Zacchaeus is, is somebody who's had really strong moments for the Falcons. And when you put him, again, in an offense this loaded behind Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, he kind of just has a role to fill as one of the uh, as, as a small, speedy slot receiver who can be a deep threat at times. I think that is a perfect role for this guy, and I think it's a, 
a really smart signing for the Eagles. Who they obviously got him on the cheap. So um, the offensive line. Now this is where the term need is, like I said, very relative. Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, two of the best offensive linemen in the NFL, even at this stage of their careers. Um, both of them were hinting retirement. And when they were in the Super Bowl, it seemed as though if they were going to win the Super Bowl or not, these two were going to retire. They both come back one more year. Um, the offensive line is where the Eagles have built their team around. It's why they've had and sustained long-term success, success, my goodness, um, through multiple coaching regimes. They have built an offensive line that is the identity of this offense through multiple quarterbacks, bear in mind. Um, you know, Carson Wentz, success with him. Nick Foles, success with him. Jalen Hurts now, super successful with him. Um, I, the offensive line is a key. I, I think that with these two most likely both on their last seasons and no real replacements immediate sitting behind them in the wings as there was with, you know, uh, the left tackle position, you know, and, they, and they've had multiple backups. You know, they bring in Cam Jurgens now uh, who takes Isaac Suomelo's, Suomelo's position. Cam Jurgens, a guy who I, I think is one of the better guards in last year's draft, who's going to come in and, and just step in immediately. Um, I think you could see that. I could see that happening um, with one of these two first round picks being invested in either a tackle or an interior offensive lineman, and trying to get somebody who can step in for um, these guys when they when they depart next year. So they only have to solve one offensive line position next year because it's going to be harder. They have a lot of guys they're paying now, so they're going to have to build a lot, rebuild a lot of this through the draft. So. Um, like I said, yeah, a, a tackle to me and, in, in especially later in the first round where they sit with their 30th overall pick, my goodness, I didn't go over that again. Um, but where they sit with their second first round pick, uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. Let me dive into that before we move on to the defense. The Eagles heading into this draft have the 10th overall pick in the first round, the 30th overall pick in the first round, the 62nd in the second round, and then the 94th in the third round. So four picks in the first three rounds. Uh, moving over to the defense, it's kind of more of the same. <laughs> I mean, this team is just so freaking loaded. Um, edge rusher. Now, it's not a need, of course. Just like I said with the, with with the offensive line, it's not a need. It's not an immediate need. Um, but Hassan Reddick, Hassan Reddick is kind of their linebacker defensive end hybrid that is the key to this defense. He turned into last year. He was probably either the best or second best player on this whole defense. Um, and then they also have Josh Sweat and Brandon Graham, but multiple pass rushers, Derek Barnett still on the roster as well. Um, a guy who struggled, but a former first round pick who's still, still played, you know, in the offense. Um, Brandon Graham is getting up there in age. I, I think that it would make sense if they have an edge rusher who falls to them that they like, <clears throat> it's another super key position and a position that they've kept a rotation at. I think that's why they've been so successful at keeping this defense together, um, keeping a rotation of multiple very, very good players um, going and going and going throughout games. Uh, I, I think that that's something they don't really want to lose. And, I, and you know, being able to bring somebody else in, Brandon Graham's still playing at the top of his game. He's had, honestly, a couple of the best years of his career the last two years. He's also 35 years old at this point. So, I would not be surprised to see them, you know, with one of these top four picks, uh, snag another edge rusher if they find someone who has value with, with them at that point in the draft. Defensive tackle, they've got Milton Williams, who's been fantastic, and then Jordan Davis is going to step in 
um, for the departure of Javon Ken or uh, Javon Hargrave um, last year. So Jordan Davis played really well when he played last year. I don't see them taking a step back, at least not a major one at the defensive tackle position, even though they're losing one of the best defensive linemen in the whole NFL last year. The linebacker position. So they lose Kazir White, but they have Nicobe Dean. Nicobe Dean did play last year, their third-round pick in last year's draft, and he played really well. What do you know? They bring over Nicholas Moreau, who's going to take over for TJ Edwards, another departure in free agency. Listen, I just don't think the linebackers are going to struggle. When you have defensive line... And, and, and the edge rushers that the Eagles have, as deep as they have, I think that that honestly assisted T.J. Edwards and Kazir White, but especially T.J. Edwards, who took a m- massive step forward last year. I think it assisted them a lot. I think this te- this this defense is kind of built with, with they swarm the quarterback, and it makes everything work. It makes everything work a lot better. Um, so I don't, I don't think linebacker's a major need, but I could see them, again, drafting a linebacker. Um, just to kind of come in and compete. I don't think Nicholas Moreau is like a, you're going to start no matter what. But they've got some other guys in the wings too. Um, Davian Taylor, a guy who they drafted in the third round four years ago in the end of his rookie deal. I think he's going to have one more shot at competing as well. So um, yeah, over, overall, linebacker, not a major need again. Um, but wouldn't be shocked. And then the secondary. Um, pretty still, they bring back the whole, the whole cornerback room, um, and add greedy Williams to it. So still pretty good there. Darius, Darius Slay, James Bradbury, Avante Maddox, who had a really good year last year. And then the safeties, they bring in Terrell Edmonds, who's going to replace, um, Chauncey Gardner Johnson's departure and Reed Blankenship, who was an undrafted rookie last year in 2022. And man, did he play good. Now the safety position, I would not be surprised again to see them add someone here. Um, you know, just, while Reed Blankenship was really good last year, he's also super inexperienced. He didn't start the complete year last year. Um, he kind of started in spurts, you know, flipping in and out with Marcus Epps. So I, I I don't see that as being like we're good here, but at the same time, it's not a massive need. They had they had really good play out of out of Blankenship last year, and Terrell Edmonds is a good player um, who I think is going to fit in well with the rest of the secondary. So. No real pressing needs, I guess, for the Eagles. But at the same time, I guess if I thought if I if I can, you know, if if I can kind of process what I think is most likely to happen with the tenth overall pick, to me, it's going to be an edge rusher, and probably the thirtieth overall pick is going to be an offensive lineman. So that's kind of where I'm leaning right now. However, I think if Bijan Robinson is there, I think there's a real shot that the Eagles will be tempted by Bijan Robinson because he is such a unique and special player. Um, so, you know, any of that makes sense. And this team's clearly going all in this year. They're, they're going to probably, you know, acquire some more free agents that they're going to br- try to bring in and just add and add and add to this, this Super Bowl roster and, and fill kind of the, you know, the, the kind of the, the backups, basically, that they need to fill in case injuries and just so they can have a rotation of players like they did last year. Okay, let's now move on to the New York Giants, our third team here in the NFC East. So the Giants make the playoffs last year, but this is still a team that has a ton of holes, a ton of holes they need to fill. Um, On offense, most important hole by far at this point is the wide receiver position. Um, You know, wide receiver health is going to be obviously a major addition for them just simply by getting healthier. Wondell Robinson, their second-round pick last year, 
who played a couple games and looked really good but was hurt most of the year. Darius Slayton was hurt again last year in spurts, and Sterling Shepard missed a lot of the year. Um, so all of them having them healthy and hopefully keeping them healthy is going to be uh, you know, a major addition just by that. They also bring in Paris Campbell and Jamison Crowder in free agency, and they still have Isaiah Hodgins, who played really well last year um, as somebody they kind of just brought in and, and was on the practice squad um, you know, early in the season. Um but there's still nobody who's like a clear wide receiver one. And they have a ton of small wide receivers. ton of small wide receivers. Nobody really that's making it easy. They bring in Darren Waller, tight end from the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, so so he's kind of going to fill that role. But somebody on the outside who has some size, I think, is a super important um, position that they need to fill to make Daniel Jones' life a lot easier. You pay him all that money, and man, you need, some, you, you need to give him every sort of weapon that a quarterback needs to be successful um, if you, if you want to give him a real shot at succeeding in this offense. Um, so I think that's going to be something they're going to look at doing. The offensive line, interior, they need a lot. Um, you know, they have Joshua Azudu, who is a third-round pick they drafted last year. He struggled. Now he's a, he was a rookie last year. I think he's going to have a real shot at starting again. Um, and then at center and right guard, uh, Glowinski, Mark Glowinski, and Ben Bredesen, I, I, both of them, honestly, I, I think that they're trying to find replacements for, and they're going to probably have competition at both those positions. Um, and then Evan Neal, their first-round pick last year, struggled quite a bit last year. Um, Andrew Thomas is fantastic, so they're good at left tackle. But Evan Neal is going to be their starter, obviously. But, th- again, if he struggles the way he did last year, I, I think that that's a position that they're going to be <laughs> probably trying to find some depth at as well. So probably not really key for this year's draft, but um, I, I, I do think that the whole offensive line is still kind of a concern for the Giants while they did have some minor improvements um, last year. Again, I didn't do this, but the Giants have the, they have a first round pick, a second and a third. They have the 25th, the 57th, and the 89th overall picks in this year's draft. Um, but besides that on offense, Really not too much. The offensive line and wide receiver, I think, are going to be the two major positions on offense that they're going to be looking at. On the defensive side of the football, defensive line is very good. Leonard Williams, Dexter uh, Dexter Lawrence, obviously the, the key cog on their defense. Um, and then they bring in Sean Robinson from the Rams. Zizo Ojolari, they're hoping takes a massive step forward here in year three. Um, second round pick for them in 2021. And then Kayvon Thibodeau who played really good, didn't really have the production in numbers that you'd like, but played really good for them last year. And then they bring in Bobby Okereke um, from the Colts at linebacker. Uh, really, really good player. Um, Jared Davis at, at, at the, the Mike linebacker position. I think this is somewhere where they're going to have competition with uh, fifth-round pick last year, Micah McFadden, who they like quite a bit. Um, but I, I again another position where I think they probably will add somebody at some point in the draft who they think has a real shot of coming in and competing with Jared Davis uh, for that starting position. He struggled quite a bit last year, and then in the secondary, Adoree Jackson had a really good year in his first year with New York. But outside of that, it's a lot of really young players who I don't think have put any sort of consistent starting play um, together throughout their career at any point. So. A lot of young guys, I think they're going to keep adding to the secondary as it's been a um, a major problem for them on the defensive side of the football now for the last two seasons, So, and honestly going back even more. But with, with this 
kind of roster that they have, they really only have a Dory Jackson solved at the cornerback position. So corner, wide receiver, interior offensive line, I think those are the three major needs that the uh, Giants will be trying to address early on in the draft. Okay, let's move on to our final team here, um, and that is the Washington Commanders. So the Commanders, um, this is a team that I think is way better than most people do. Looking at their roster, um, they have the they have a first, a second, and a third as well. They have the 16th overall, the 47th overall, and the 97th overall. Um, starting off on the offensive side of the football, I, <laughs> I really think that this offense is one of the most underrated offenses in the whole NFL. Um, when, when you look at, first of all, the offensive line, um, they've made a lot out of nothing. They bring over Andrew Norwell at guard for from Jacksonville. He's played decent for them. They also bring over this year Nick Gates at center, um, who's going to compete with Chase Ruler, who's really struggled for them at center. But they have Sam Kazi, who's played really good, who's their right guard at this point. Andrew Wiley to bring over from the Chiefs, who's going to compete with Cornelius Newt Lucas. Um, Cornelius Lucas, a, a guy who was basically a castaway from the Chicago Bears, he's played played pretty good for them last year. So I think there's going to be good competition at Garden, and Charles Leno has really taken over as their left tackle um, since coming over from Chicago as well. Um, so they're pretty good at left tackle. Uh, the offensive line, not a major holes. I, I could see them adding one more interior offensive lineman to compete with, with at center with Nick Gates or or at left guard with Andrew Norwell if he struggles again this year, but there's really no gaping holes. The offensive line was decent last year. Um, wide receiver position. I, I, it, doesn't, it honestly doesn't get much better than what the commanders have. Um, Terry McLaurin, one of the most underrated, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, and he still, yes, is underrated. I know the term underrated is overused, um, but Terry McLaurin is underrated. I think in a lot of offenses, this guy would be a top 10, um, somewhere in between 5 and 10, 5th and 10th best wide receivers in the NFL. I think that's how good of a player he is. Um, and with the quarterbacks that he's had in his career with Washington, I, it's hard to argue against my point. I mean, this this is a guy, uh, very DeAndre Hopkins-esque, where for a long time, beginning of his career, has not had any consistency at that position, even during a season. <laughs> really has not had consistency at that position yet throughout his career, and yet continually puts up, you know, 1,300 yards, 1,200 yards, and, and, and eight touchdowns, seven touchdowns a year. Um, super impressive. Jahan Dotson comes in and flashes as a rookie last year, first-round pick for them last year. I think he's the real deal as well. And then Curtis Samuel, one of the better slot receivers in the NFL. Um, and, and then along with, you know, Dax Millen, who's had some, um, you know, some good moments for them, and, and De'Ami Brown, who they're still expecting to take another step forward and be kind of a role-playing wide receiver, third-round pick in 2021. Um, and he's had some moments as well. So they're pretty deep at wide receiver. No needs there. Um, Brian Robinson, a really strong rookie last year. They drafted in the third round along with Antonio Gibson. Uh, gives them a pretty good one-two tandem at running back. And then at tight end, Logan Thomas, John Bates, a guy who's really underrated. Cole Turner, a guy they drafted in the fifth round last year. Um, you know, they just got a really deep roster on offense. Quarterback. <laughs> what is this team going to do at quarterback? Sam Howell, that's their guy, they say, the fifth round pick last year. Um, played one game at the end of last season and looked really good against Dallas, but man, they 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 you know they signed Jacoby Brissett. They're gonna have a competition, but Sam Howell is the guy going into training camp. So <laughs> if this is what they're going with, this is what they're going with, and I hope it works out for them. I, I mean, 
Maybe Sam Howell's the next Russell Wilson. I don't know. But at the same time, you know, if one of these quarterbacks in the draft falls to them, it would be pretty difficult, I feel like, having a roster that they do, uh, letting one of these guys just get past them, especially if they have high grades on them. So um, Washington's going to be an interesting team to watch going into the draft. I would say at this point, quarterback and possibly interior offensive line, their only major needs on offense. On the defensive side of the ball, one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, or defensive lines in the NFL. Um, still have all of their first-round picks from 2017 to 20 in Jonathan Allen, Darren Payne in the inside, uh, along with Montez Sweat and uh, Chase Young on the outside as edge rushers. Um, you know, F.A. Adab- uh, Abada, uh, a guy they got from the Buffalo Bills, rotational pass rusher. Um, Abdullah Anderson, you know, another good interior pass rusher that they have. They, they just have a lot of good players, honestly. They, they just... They have a lot of really, really good players as starters and some good guys as rotational players um, that, that, that come in, you know, if they have injuries or whatever as, as rotational guys. Um, linebacker position, probably the only two holes on the whole roster where they're actually like legitimate holes that I, I think they need to address in the draft coming up here. Um, they bring over Cody Barton at, as the Mike linebacker to replace... Um, to replace Cole Holcomb, who they lost in free agency. I, I don't think that's, you know, again, I don't think that's a locked and loaded, we got our guy. I think they're going to probably have competition at that position. Um, and I think linebacker with, you know, second, third, fourth round pick would make a lot of sense for them. And then the secondary, Kendall Fuller, great cornerback. Um, but, but you know, he's not that young anymore as well. He was drafted in 2016. He's nearing age 30. Um they've got a lot of young guys outside of him, but they don't have anybody who's really been consistently fantastic for them at the cornerback position. Benjamin St. Juice, the guy they drafted in the third round in 2021, um, and, and he has shown some moments, basically, but he's not been somebody who um, I feel like they're going to be like super happy with being their, their starting cornerback. I think that's why they brought in Cameron Dantzler um, from Minnesota in free agency when he was released by the Vikings. Um, and he's a guy who's going to compete, but I, I think adding another corner early would make a lot of sense for them. Um, and, and yeah, cornerback is probably the most important position that they have an actual hole at. So I think corner is very likely to be somebody that they try to draft um, early on in the first round with their uh, 16th overall pick that they have. Okay, that rounds out every team in the NFC West. We will now give out our best bets best bets, my goodness, for the NFC West, and I've got quite a few of them. Um, Okay, where are we going to start here? So, first of all, I have a couple like we've been doing, which is position of team's first drafted player. Um, I've got one for Washington and one for New York. Uh, Actually, I have one also for Dallas, so, (laughs) okay, I got more than I thought. Um, Okay, we'll start off with Washington, who we just talked about. So looking at Washington's market for um, who they for for their first drafted position of their player, um, cornerback's the favorite. Makes a lot of sense. Minus one twenty five um, implied that it's pretty likely they're going to draft a cornerback in the, with their first pick. However, I I, I don't. Offensive line is plus two twenty. Tight end is plus six hundred. Uh, running back is plus seven fifty. I don't think either of those are happening. I don't think tight end and running back, I just don't see it happening at all. I think the odds there, while it is kind of a long shot, obviously, I I don't think that that 
Um, makes a lot of sense for this team to add on top of a, a position where they have a decent amount of depth, especially the running back position. Offensive line, though, you know, I, I talked about it's a team that's kind of made a lot out of nothing, right? Well, I also talked about how deep they pretty much are at every position. If this team is going into the first round with a roster where they have only a couple major needs, and you, you're it, it, basically you have two of them, offensive line and cornerback, and that's honestly that's what the odds imply. If they're going in like that, and some cornerbacks go right before you know the the two high the two high cornerbacks, you know the kid from Illinois and uh, and 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 the other guy that the bigger bodied cornerback. If, if both of them go before Washington, Washington's either trading down or they're drafting the offensive lineman that's there because the cornerbacks went. Plus 220 implies that there's a pretty low chance that that's going to happen. I, I think this should be more like offensive line. You know, cornerback, I think, is about right. Minus 125. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think it is probably at least a 50% chance that they draft a corner. But offensive line, I feel like, should be more like 150, plus 150, maybe 175. Not 220, not over 200 for sure. I think 200 is basically the line. Anything over 200, I think you got a pretty valuable bet there. I think a lot of the extra odds are soaked up by tight end and running back, which I think there's basically a 0% chance of that happening. Um, I, yeah, I just think I, I think offensive line at 220 is just, it has some value at this point. So like I said, if you can bet this to 200, I, I would, I would lay, I would, I would definitely, I'd definitely like the price at plus 220. Um, okay, we'll move on to the Giants. So the Giants are the the market for the Giants position of teams first drafted players. Cornerback is the favorite as at plus one forty. Wide receiver plus one fifty. Offensive line plus three eighty. Defensive line slash edge rusher plus seven hundred. So on and so forth. This one's not bad, but at the same time, cornerback is plus one forty and wide receiver is plus one fifty. If you look at where the Giants are drafting, they're drafting twenty fifth overall. Uh, I believe I have that right. Let me double check that really quick. Yes, 25th overall. The cornerbacks, I don't think it's I don't think the run on cornerbacks is going to begin by then. So there's probably a good pretty good shot that they have one there. But at the same time, I think there's more wide receivers in this draft that are have first round grades that are probably going to start going at the end of the first round than these cornerbacks. I think there's going to be a lot of cornerbacks that um, after these first few go in the middle of the first round, like most people are expecting, there's a lot of cornerbacks that are probably going to be available at the top of the cornerback, you know, board, um, at the end of the first round where they're drafting, that'll probably still be available in the middle of the second round that they could either trade up for, or maybe even will still be there when they draft later on in the second round. Um, but, but the, the wide receivers like Quentin Johnson, for example, one that I, I, I think makes a lot of sense for the Giants. Um, but, but, you know, even a few of the other ones like Zay Flowers, those guys, I don't think are going to be there when the Giants are even probably won't even be close to there, but by the time the Giants draft with their second pick and there'll probably be quite a few other wide receivers gone as well. Plus 150, the wide receiver not being the favorite based on where they're sitting in the draft doesn't make much sense to me. This isn't one that I think is super valuable. I think corner and wide receiver should be pretty close. But at the same time, I think wide receivers should be the slight favorite. 
Not a ton of value on this, but if you want to lay a small bet on it, I think it does make sense to bet wide receiver at plus 150. I don't. I, th- I think it probably should be the favorite, um, slightly over cornerback. To go along with that, this is a bet that I really love. I just talked about it. I think these wide receivers are going to go in the first round, in the back end of the first round. Um, I also talked about Quentin Johnson makes a ton of sense for the New York Giants. Ton of sense. But I think there's multiple teams at this point in the draft where Quentin Johnson makes an insane amount of sense. They need a big-bodied receiver. There's not a lot of big-bodied receivers that can dominate on the outside available in this draft. Quentin Johnson is one of the only ones. And sitting on the back end there, now, it's it's implied that this is pretty (laughs) likely to happen, but Quentin Johnson right now is minus 400 to be drafted in the first round. I don't usually lay bets that are this, you know, juice down. I, I just flat out don't. Most people don't. I don't. But minus 400 implies there's a 20% chance that Quentin Johnson is drafted in the first round. <laughs> I I mean, or an 80% chance. My goodness, I'm all flipped around. A 20% chance that he doesn't get drafted in the first round. I think that's more in the range of 1% to 2% chance that he doesn't get drafted in the first round. I don't understand how this guy is getting out of the first round. There are way too many wide receiver needy teams that need a guy who's six foot four, six foot three, um, to be able to dominate on the outside. You know, he's got so many different skills, and, and and I think he's, you know, a good route runner. He's he's a guy that has so many traits of being a first round wide receiver. Um, I I just I don't see it happening. I don't see if he gets to twenty five, especially where the Giants are sitting. I don't see there being a way that they pass on Quentin Johnson. Minus 400, it's honestly a valuable bet, I think, on Quentin Johnson to be drafted in the first round. So, you know, if you like one that you th- you feel pretty confident about, I think minus 400, Quentin Johnson's a really good bet. Maybe that's even one that you parlay with something else that you like. So, you know, use it as a parlay leg if the book allows you to. That, that's a bet that I really like. Okay, move on to the um, Dallas Cowboys. Oh, no, I want to add to that as well. If you believe what I believe, which is what I just said with the Giants drafting Quentin Johnson, Quentin Johnson to be drafted by the Giants at the book that I'm looking at is 10 to 1. <laughs> you know, I, I think that's not a bad bet. I think that probably should be more like, I don't know, 6 5 to 1. To be honest with you, it's probably more fair odds, um, maybe 7. But 10 to 1, I, th- I think there's some value there. Um, I just. The, the, it makes way, way, way too much sense. It makes so much sense that the Giants would try to add the only big-bodied receiver in the draft, um, and and they're sitting in the perfect range for him. So, ten to one, I think it's worth a shot. Little bet. Um, the, okay, the last bet I'm going to give you guys out for the NFC NFC East, and then we're going to wind it down here. Um, has to do with the Dallas Cowboys. So, looking at the Dallas Cowboys market for the first position for them to draft. Um, running back is the favorite. Now, right there, it's a dead giveaway. I already said it. I don't understand why this team would draft a running back in the first round. I mean, if Bijan's there, maybe. Like, if you're getting that special player. But even that, he just doesn't fit. I mean, he does everything that Tony Pollard does. Tony Pollard and him do the same exact thing. You know, if if, if everybody wants Bijan at that point in the draft, why wouldn't you make a trade down and get, you know, another valuable draft pick? It just doesn't make sense to me. Tight end plus 200. That probably should be the favorite. Um, but at the same time, I, I again, I don't really see that most likely happening either. That that I think it makes sense for that to be the favorite, but I think it should be really close. Which what is with what is third on the odds, 
which is a tie between uh, defensive line slash edge rusher at plus 450 and offensive line at plus 450. Edge rusher and defensive line. I think the interior defensive line, the Cowboys are going to have a really good shot at getting one of the best players in the whole draft um, at a major, major need for them right in the middle of their defensive line. And plus 450, (laughs) you know, there'll be tight ends that'll be available in the second round. And, and and that are going to be really good players. Maybe the same tight ends available in the end of the first round. Um, running back, I just don't see it. I, I think that a lot of the odds for these other positions are being sucked up by the running back being the favorite in this market. I think you're getting a really valuable bet at plus 450 with defensive lines. So that's my bet for the Cowboys. Okay, thank you guys for listening to another episode. We'll have two more NFC episodes out to you here in the coming days. Um, really appreciate you guys listening and bearing with me trying to bash all these episodes out here before the draft. Super excited about the draft. Make sure you stay tuned in for the NFC North and NFC South coming up this week. My name's Cole Lynchide, and once again, thank you for listening to another episode of Nonstop BS. We'll see you guys later. personally felt like we had a really successful episode and you know we're not really about the saris like any of the catch-ups like where i was what i was doing you know what we did it we moved on and 